This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Okay, so we're going to be talking about jargon. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to be going through a list. We're going to be teaching people about a bunch of stuff. But before we get into any of that, what what do we always say comes first on this show, Steve? Friendship. What comes first? No. Love. No. Dogs. No. Safety. Safety first. We've never once said that. Sa- it's, I've, it's there. It's in the mix. It's very low volume, but it's always safety first. So how come this, whenever we record in person, you leave pieces of glass lying around for me to avoid? To test you to see if mm. you are a safety first mindset. Well, my feet will tell you not. And then second, what do we always say comes second, comes after safety? Danger. <laughs> that is a logical order. So yes, it's safety first, danger second. <laughs> and what finally, what comes third? We've always said comes third. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Listener attention. What? (laughs) It's listener attention. We have to make sure that people start an episode and they follow through right till the end. So with that in mind, I was thinking with safety, danger and listener attention in mind, I'm going to do a COVID test live in this cold open. I've got my NHS rapid test kit sent to me. Free, I ordered it, and then the next day I got seven of them. I mean, I'm here in Ireland where we're barely hanging together. It seems like you're dialing in from some Star Trek utopia. <laughs> About to with, gag with myself your, with a swap. With your haircuts and your free tests. <laughs> I've got my whole home testing kit set up here. I've got like a little pipette. I've got a little pregnancy test looking thing that I'm going to squeeze my pipette into. Yeah. Um... So I'm going to well, do this really now. glad we're not recording this video. Yeah. Uh, and then in terms of the listener retention, it takes half an hour. So people, if they want to find out whether I'm, I've got COVID or not. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious if you do. And if you have like super COVID. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the, the thing just explodes after half an hour. All right. You have I'm, the Siberian variant. You're going uh, to turn into a bear. I'm going to start. I have to swab my tonsils. So if you want to. Talk. Do you want to talk about your wisdom tooth situation? Because you're drugged up. Oh yeah, Aww. I'm stunned. <laughs> I got my wisdom tooth out on Thursday and I am high on codeine. <laughs> I was sleepy before this and now I'm kind of sleepy too. But it's really funny watching Richie show Aww. something down his mouth. <laughs> oh. He's gag oh. reflex. He's not, tra- <laughs> he's not trained ladles and, ladies, ladles and gentle spoons. <laughs> Oh, that's rough. Okay, um, I'm going to do my nose now. (laughs) (laughs) It's going so deep. Although, oh, my eyes are watering so bad. You know, you kind of have to touch the same place via your nose. It has to go all the way down there. Oh, no, his elbow is going in now. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad I did it in that order. Because I didn't actually think about the order. <laughs> I just went there. Did you know? Did <laughs> no, but I'm glad that worked out that way. All right. And now I take this. In the room see. is someone who worked professionally as a COVID tester, by the way. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, and now I stick it in this little thing. And what's going to happen? Well, so I put a dip in the solution and I squeeze it around. I squeeze it like this to get all of my, my nose bits into the fluid. Right. And I take it out. And then I close the top of this thing down. And if you notice, the top of this tube is now a little dropper. Mm. And I take that dropper and I put it on this little guy, this plastic pregnancy test looking thing. Mm. I put exactly apparently two drops in here. It's a boy. 
And now we wait. Half an hour. Put the, yeah, half an hour. I'm going to put the 24, the 24. Boop. 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 Thing. Yeah, we have to actually make the noises ourselves or else um, we'll get sued. We'll get sued by Fox. Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland will burst through our windows. <laughs> With his dad. What, uh... Donald Dan- Sutherland. <laughs> I was going to say Danny Sutherland. <laughs> is it Donald Sutherland? Danny Sutherland is, they've adopted Danny Dyer. Uh. <laughs> Stop that! Oh, my nose. I don't even think he went far enough. No? No, it said go up two two point five. Well, these says two point five centimeters. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Well, these, these are the lateral flow. These aren't like the. What does that mean? So lateral flow. So there's like PCR, I think, and then lateral flow. Lateral flow are the ones you could do at home, and they you know, get results in half an hour. I think the PCR are the ones you send off to a lab and a chap right. in a white coat. Do they? Do they tell business. you what percentage reliable it is? I don't know that off the top of my ha- uh, head. Uh, I'm assuming it's not as reliable, but they're encouraging everyone over here to order these tests and do them like two or three times a week. Wow. Yeah. Now, uh, earlier today, I cycled to the park to hang out with our good friend, Jer, who was mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, as is your legal right in your utopia. And I can do that. Now, Did should I have done the test before I went to meet someone <laughs> in real life <laughs> as opposed to over a virtual podcast? Who's to say? <laughs> the scientists <laughs> well, I mean, have yet to figure that one out. You're doing it over virtual podcasts and then you're going to tell me half an hour later that you have COVID. So even if we were in person, it wouldn't be that great. <laughs> Look, Steve! Steve. <laughs> Not good, Steve. Look. Right. Well, what are we actually doing? We're doing glossary. What on political jargon? We're doing a list of random political words that I remembered off the top of my head I got to 50 and I'm going to explain them that's impressive thank you that you can hold 50 of anything in your head yeah well that's how I push out all the important things I forgot how to drive for a while (laughs) so I have to go to the shops after this I'll Mm. I'll try and remember how to drive when I can forget these I am Mm. going to be a bit sluggish and groggy because I am pretty stoned yeah (laughs) I love this energy it was like back when we used to drink really heavily are you drinking now you probably can't can you uh, I, after two days I'm allowed to drink So I could have had a drink yesterday or today But I haven't yet, no Ah, okay Well, I'll drink enough for the two of us I've got two Aww. vodka sodas here Vodka sodas? Yeah I like how experimental you've I like to. I like to, yeah, I like to mix things up Yeah um, uh, I could have, I could double fist like that You know, I've, uh, I've got one in each hand This is called Irish handcuffs Speaking of jargon What, holding two cans of alcohol? When you, when you hold two drinks in your hand, uh, when you hold a drink in each hand and you can't really do anything else. <laughs> Those are Irish handcuffs. I bet you learned that in London. I learned that in America, actually. Okay, yeah. Well, they, they have a lot stuff. of words for us over there, Steve. You don't want to know. Uh, yeah, before we get into it, uh, we are actually at, right after we record this, we're going to record our next bonus episode for uh, the Headstuff Plus feed, the Woo-hoo! members only donor feed. Uh, it's going to be a very special story time episode where I'm going to put Steve to bed and I'm going to tell him a, a political story. And it's going to be very Aww. sweet and adorable. Uh, so if you want to listen to that and to become a member, there's a link in the show notes. It's five quid a month, five euro a month plus fat. And for that, you'll get exclusive donor only bonus content. Every month and access Every month. to all the old stuff. Yeah. And, and not which, just us, but for the other head stuff podcast as well. So there's there's a bunch of stuff in there. But just to say, if you are going there to sign up, 
just for us, then only click our picture. Mm-hmm. If you are going to sign up for other Headstuff people, that's fine. Click them too. But if you just want us, just click our picture because then we get more money. We get and more ladies and gentlemen, money. we like money. Yeah, that's true. It keeps me in codeine and Richie in handcuffs. And swabs. And <laughs> handcuffs and swabs. Oh man, that's a party right there. Uh, actually, before we get into the episode proper. I'm surprised uh, you didn't get the anal COVID test. Oh, they're all sold out, man. Though yeah, you can't yeah, get yeah. your hands on it. It's like PS5s. <laughs> it's like the anal PS5. You can't get one of those. <laughs> the vibrate function is the best. Oh, it's just instead of the dual sense. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, just to get a, a little bit more serious for a second. Um, Oops. As I'm sure you all know, there is a pretty dire situation in India right now with COVID over there. So I'm going to include a link in the show notes to a a really well put together mutual aid Google Doc, which has a link to lots of um, great places you can donate if people want to chuck a few quid to help some people directly who, you know, can't get into hospitals because they're all full and they're turning people away or can't get oxygen tanks. Um, This mutual aid doc will put you directly in a position to donate to these people very directly. So that'll be in the show notes if people want to donate as well. Do it. Do it. But Steve, enough of that. What let's we have like 50 things to get through. We should probably start. Yeah. Yeah. So these are like these all could have been episodes and maybe some of them will be episodes in the future. But we're going to burn through 50 potential episodes, almost a year's worth of content. No, two years worth of content. Sorry. We do every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we are. So fuck this podcast, I guess. This is the last episode. (laughs) This is it. No, that's not true. We're going to keep going. I intentionally as well didn't look up any of these because I was startled by how many I don't actually know. So Some of them are going to be self-explanatory. Some of them will be familiar but not clear. And some of them will be totally new. Sure. So like self-explanatory, like the first one here, Spin Doctor, which is to say a medical (laughs) practitioner who just loves to twirl, baby. The breakdancing <laughs> medical practitioner. I thought you were going to reference something about being a like a trained doctor who moonlights as a spin instructor or something like that. Oh, that's also good. I was also going to say, oh, you know, like that band in Ireland, but that's the Saw Doctors. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call Irish spin doctors. <laughs> the Saw Doctors. Anyway, tell me about the actual spin doctors. Spin doctors is very easy. They are... Uh, PR people based communications experts who work for politicians to deal with the media. Have right. you watched The West Wing? I have. Most I have of the indeed. people who are working for the president in that show are spin doctors. Right. Or if you watch The Thick of It, Malcolm yeah. Tucker, the angry, cursy Scottish man, he is the quintessential Doctor Who. <laughs> Doctor Who before he was Doctor Who. That's the quintessential image of a spin doctor. They run around, they try and manage the media on the politicians' behalf, they try and make them look good. The idea being that they are spinning the news cycle to favour the, their politician who they're working for. Um, right. It, Became most famous in the 90s with Tony Blair and Bill Clinton and all his people going out there. But today it is very normal and it's actually kind of a term of endearment. Most people don't mind being called spin doctors. Really? Yeah. Even in the age of fake news and alternative facts. Well, you're not necessarily telling a lie. You're just managing the media on the politician's behalf. You don't have to lie to be a spin doctor. That's true. That's true. You're just spinning, spinning things up. Exactly. Yeah. Like it could even just be like the... The, the the minister of agriculture in Ireland has a great new scheme, but nobody gives a shit because it's, you know it's about ducks, and everyone wants to talk about sheep. So the spin Aww. doctor's job is to go out there and get ducks on the menu. 
<laughs> duck chowder that's another jargon <laughs> well we do actually you've, st- you've stuck that in later on i've got i've stuck a few in uh, also on this this list i've put little asterisks next to things that to me sound like they could be sus- uh, sex moves sounds suspicious like sex moves is what i was gonna say uh, which is to say a lot of them, if not most of them. I guess Spin Doctor could have been one, but the next <laughs> one very much falls in that category. Pork Barrel. <laughs> you think if you say is... anything other than a sex move right now, I will be flabbergasted. You haven't heard of this one before? I thought this one would be no. more commonly known. Okay, no. this is this is when a local politician adds something or or gets gets the national government to pay for something big in his, his or her local constituency. It's, it's Pork right. Barrel politics. So... It's most famous in America for a congressperson or a senator getting some huge project funded by the federal government in their locality and they take credit for it. So it could be like a missile site in Dakota. It could be a highway in Scotland. It could be... Uh, And this is seen to be bringing jobs to their constituents and like bettering their... Right. So that's pork barrel politics. When, Why is it called pork barrel though? Because I think it comes from the days when they would actually literally ship in barrels full of pork to get people to vote for them. <laughs> <laughs> a simpler time. That would be back in Theodore Roosevelt's day. Here, a bucket of rashes for a vote. God, the world was a better place back then. I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, with the vegans and all these days, it'd be trickier. Ah, but this way, we, I mean, there's ve- vegan sausage rolls. Vegan sausage rolls. Yes. <laughs> so I think it still translates. We're going to go through these pretty swiftly. As we said, there's 50 of them, uh, which takes us through to our next one, which is also asterisks for its sexual explicit content or connotations. Boondoggles. Boondoggles. I have cheated. Oh, I gave him a good boondoggling, so I did. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? This just sounds sexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I put three together that are the pretty much the same thing. A boondoggle is essentially also a pork bar- barrel, but it's a bit ah. different in that it is more, if you if you hear it being referenced, it has more negative connotations. Pork barrel isn't necessarily always negative. It is kind of frowned upon, but it is accepted as part of politics. If you want yeah. to vote, you will exchange it for something. Boondoggle is more you're trying to sneak it in because you right. see an opportunity to do so rather ah. than it being necessarily an all round good thing. So and it's mostly Pork an American. good, boondoggle, boondoggle bad. Not necessarily good, but less bad. Boondoggle, nearly all bad. It's a moral grey area for pork barrels and boondoggles. Yeah. Earmark is the next one. You don't have an asterisk, that doesn't sound sexual. I mean, it could be. <laughs> Earmark is also um, another one where a congressperson will stick something into a legislation that's not necessarily related because they want to get... they stick something into an ear. <laughs> Leave a mark. Leave a mark. It's pretty self-explanatory. They will, they will stick something into legislation that they want, but it doesn't necessarily have to be related to their local area. It could be like an issue that they're more interested in. So like they're appending it to something bigger? Is that yes. the idea? Yeah. Okay. So like you could have a health bill that covers fecking everything and then mm. you get one senator or congressperson who's who's really into cancer care and they'll earmark within that a specific sub-policy about that will take care of their issue, their token issue. Okay. So it's, this is interesting because like as soon as you start, you started on that definition, I straight away went to like, this is dodgy shit. But like then the example you give is like, it's not necessarily that at all. Yeah. Which is to... It's, it's, how, just, it's how politics works. 
Yeah, exactly, which is still a thing I'm trying to get over in my head. I'm like, oh, those pesky, po- oh, pesky politicians. I mean, it can be incredibly parcels. frustrating and annoying when you're looking at all this money and like diversions happening. Like, why are you talking about this thing that's not related to the main thing we're talking about? But yeah, it might end up with something good in the end. It's just the messy business of politics. Yeah. Uh, political capital, Woo-hoo. number five. We finally got to it. And finally I stuck, got to it. I stuck this one in here because it is related to the ones preceding and it is related to the one afterwards. Political capital is that kind of ethereal, hard to define, like point bar that a politician mm. has that mm. allows them to do things politically. It is how they can get things done, basically. So it is like a big bar hanging over Joe Biden's head that is 100% after he beat Donald Trump. Mm. But then starts to go down and down and down and down and down as he as he d- uses more favors, does more things, drops in popularity just by being in power mm-hmm. until eventually he has to start doing things like pork barrel politics, boondoggle politics, allowing people to earmark things to get them in in exchange for favors. Ah. If a politician is swinging in with massive political capital, I'm actually I'm reading the uh, the Obama bio- uh, autobiography at the moment, and he's talking a lot about his start, the start of his mm-hmm. term. He came in on a high um he was a change candidate just at the Great Recession, so people mm-hmm. were looking to him. He was he was powerful enough to stop um, senators and that people. Time. Sorry, <laughs> do you not remember that? Uh, I don't remember that. I mean, <laughs> that's because he got, he stopped him. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. why. You remember didn't if he didn't stop him, that would have been awful. He, Obama didn't need a movie like King Kong. He just stopped him. <laughs> So political capital is the ability of a politician to basically do things. And it's yeah, really it's like hard. Your, your swagger. Exactly. It's like the your popular cred. kid in school. Yeah, and your we, street cred. Yeah. You got loads of street cred. Everyone loves you. Like you got, you can go and get a lot of shit done with your, with your swag points. It's Boris Johnson after the general election where he absolutely creamed Jeremy Corbyn. Mm. He, he was from riding, all the swagger. From all the swagger. He was riding very high on that. He was able to do a lot of things. He was able to get the Brexit deal he wanted through. It was kind of like at the start of the pandemic crisis when politicians and governments got a lot of extra credibility because we didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. So they were kind of untouchable and uncritical. They've all burned through it since. And they are very much, They not many of them have any political capital left over from COVID. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, back when we first started this podcast, political, political capital was going to be one of the subjects, yeah. one of our very first subjects. And we started recording it and we stopped yeah, because I just wasn't getting it. Yeah. I just wasn't understanding it. And I think now, four years later, I can finally come clean and go, it was because I was too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was too embarrassed to tell you for so long, but it was one of those days where, you know, back in the early days, Drinking we drank a lot four. at the start. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I was at that time where I was recording in... Because again, talked about it before on the show, couldn't record at home. It was too different environment, just was too noisy. Roommates and stuff. So I would go into my office and the week prior, someone had given me a bottle of whiskey for a good design thing I did. And I just started drinking that and I got too drunk to understand what political <laughs> capital was. And I think we've both grown because you were able to give a really quick, succinct definition there. And I've actually, I, I was drinking before we started talking. <laughs> so so you in. didn't learn your lesson, but you've gotten better at drinking. But I've gotten better at it. <laughs> at drinking. Is what I'm saying. So we've grown as people uh, yes. and as a nation, which is good. Uh, okay, let's go on. Next one. Number six, lame duck. You think this one sounds like a sex move? Oh, absolutely. Okay. 
Not a good one. Not a good one. <laughs> well, that, that one and less. The fact that you had to say not a good one is mm. kind of defines what this one is. This right. is when a politician is leaving office. Everyone okay. knows that they're done and they don't really have anything to do about it. So Donald Trump. No after, political capital. No political capital. They are fecked. Right. They, like basically they're on their way out. It, it, it happens when a presidential candidate is hitting the end of their two terms. And they know mm-hmm. that they can't get reelected. Why would you listen to the president in his last year of office when there's another guy or girl campaigning out there who's saying yeah. things that they don't agree with? You know, yeah. you're, gonna, you're not going to agree with the guy who's on his way out. You're going to agree with the person that's on their way in. Yeah, that person on the way out, they can't do anything for me. Yeah, so they're lame duck, basically. And right. it also counts towards, you can say a parliament is a lame duck parliament. So if the parliament is definitely on its way out in terms of it hitting its term, then the entire parliament is a lame duck parliament. It's not to say that things can't happen. Quite often things do happen and sometimes really interesting things because yeah, it's also a way, 11th hour stuff that happens yeah, sometimes because if the politicians are retiring they have less to worry about getting call getting held up for being accountable for the things that they do which can right. be used for good or bad <laughs> uh, did you watch that movie lincoln with um uh, what's his face daniel day lewis john david washington who john david washington Who's he? Is that a person? I don't, I don't know. Is it? Is it? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, one of those triple-barrel names. Although Joseph, he was in it, he was in it. Was in he it. was. He yeah. was his son. He was his son. Yeah. They, for some reason, Lincoln decided that he wanted to get the um, slavery slavery taken out of the American Constitution in a lame duck session. So even though he had won a massive election and he was going to have like an entirely Republican Congress in a couple of months, he's like, no, I want the outgoing Democrats to agree to it so that we have a more united looking country. And there were Democrats ah. that had lost the election that were on their way out, weren't accountable to their racist voters anymore. So we're like, feck it, I will vote in favour of getting rid of slavery. And what are you going to do about it? I'm already on my way out. Ah. They were lame ducks. They didn't have to worry about anything. Cool. There you go. Uh, I put down after this one, in contrast to lame duck, I put down radical duck. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take a stab at what you think a radical duck is? A five-winged duck. Yeah. Okay. It's just like it's just like a mallard <laughs> with like flames on his wings and he's got like a backwards cap and a cigarette in his beak and he's... Cigarette, smoking's not cool, Richie. He doesn't light it. It's like, have you ever seen the Fallen Earth? <laughs> it's like, have you ever seen the Fallen Earth stars? The way Ansel no. Elgort's character doesn't light the cigarette? No. Um. Well, yeah, he's just like a really cool fucking duck. Okay. Yeah. I just see Poochie as a duck. That's all I see. Yeah, that's it. Like baggy jeans. <laughs> Duck's got a tiny baggy Ducks jeans. Ducks don't even have legs, just a little feckin' feet. No, but you know what? He's making it work, though. <laughs> uh, bipartisan, number eight. That's pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. That is when political parties who hate each other work together. <laughs> Does that happen often? It used to happen a lot more often. Uh, not that much anymore. It has Why to is hap- it just from polarised politics yeah um western democracies seem to be getting ever more polarized the stakes are getting higher and higher if you act in a bipartisan way you are more likely to get punished by your constituents so in the united states if a congressperson was to be bipartisan they would get primaried which means that they wouldn't be selected to run for election again next time right 
Um, then again, Biden's a very kind of centry. He's not, no, he's not really doing any deals with the Republicans, but that's a whole different right. thing. <laughs> he's like ideologically he's centry, but that doesn't necessarily he, mean you're bipartisan. He was because bipartisanship used to be a lot more common in the United States. Pretty much from World War II up until the 90s, bipartisanship was a lot more common. It used to right. have Democratic Congresses working with Republican presidents and vice versa. It kind of all fell by the wayside in the 90s and hasn't really recovered. Right, um, okay. It, in Ireland, it's a lot more common because we have the coalition system where parties yeah. have to learn to work together. But once they do work together, it is quite rare to see the opposition working with the government. They will nearly okay. always just divide down upon government opposition lines. In the UK, I don't think bipartisanship exists between Labour and, and the Tories. They never no. have, <laughs> never will. No, I no, can't imagine. Can't imagine at all. Okay, cool. Number nine, hawkish. This is an interesting one because it can be applied to lots of things and it is a little bit tricky to define. I'll start with the foreign policy definition, which is most used for. Hawkish means you like war. <laughs> you, like, you like being an aggressive military power. You like showing your guns. You like the movie Black Hawk Down. Uh, yeah, well, no, because the, it got shot down in that one. They like Rambo where he blows them oh, up. Oh, you like Black Hawk Up. Yeah, Black Hawk Up. <laughs> Black Hawk Sideways. <laughs> Black Hawk Up and loop-de-loop and sideways and... So that is the, the, that's the foreign policy definition of hawkish. It means that you are like, well, why are, why are we just beating around the bush in Syria? Why don't we just go and invade and sort it out? Or <laughs> Ukraine or whatever it is. Um, it also, though, is used in economic terms. So... If you're talking about the deficits, this government spending more than it takes in, you can be hawkish about the deficit in that you um, you you take stances that are pointing out how that's a bad thing all the time. So right. you're hawkish on the deficit. Okay. So you can apply it to anything really, but mostly it's it's like foreign policy and economics. Yes. Okay. But and then does that lead into number ten, dovish? No, dovish is really only used for foreign policy. Dovish okay. is peace loving, multilateralism, UN, all that stuff. You don't you hippie, don't hippie like dippy. sending hippy dippy, no shoots, put your gun in your holster, sir. This there, there, <laughs> ain't, there ain't no fighting in my town. Sticking daisies in gun barrels. Yeah, basically. That kind of That's, thing. Yeah. Thank you. So, we're 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 dovish kind of boys, aren't we? Uh I change my Dovey mind every boys. now and again. Ah. Uh, that's why we balance each other out, because I'm just a big, happy duck. No, I'm a rad duck. I'm a radical duck. Sorry. <laughs> Take it back. Not a hawk, not a dove. I'm a radical duck. Uh, number 11, bully puppet. This one is from our favorite politician, Theodore Roosevelt. He realized... That does sound like it. Like exactly. it. it sounds like if, if Theodore Roosevelt was a Pokemon, he'd have a move called bully puppet. <laughs> yeah. And he'd only get five of them, if you know what I mean. Like It's a strong <laughs> they would, move. They would be great. Yeah, they would take oh, two yeah. turns to go. Like, yes, like it charges up. Yeah. And you see it like you're fighting against a, a Teddy Roosevelt and it's like Teddy used bully pulp and you're like, oh shit, I've got one <laughs> round. I hope I had this Pokemon has dig. Back in the late 20th, no, sorry, the late 19th century, early 20th century, the um, bully was a good thing. He would go bully for, hooray! Bully! Yeah, bully, bully, bully by Jove. So... Theodore Roosevelt realized that the most powerful thing a president can do was to use his position to shout about things and get people to do it that way, rather than just legislating or having backroom deals or just being low key. He realized, no, the the bully pulpit, the pulpit being like the thing that you stand at to speak. Yes. That is where the president can be at his most powerful. He radically transformed how the American presidency worked. 
And then that fed into all sorts of other things. And now when you hear the word bully pulpit, it refers to a sitting politician using their position to shout about something that they think is important. So, so like it's your AOCs? Um, yes, I guess so. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me. Got a good example. <laughs> bully. Bully. Uh, number 12, caucus. This got a big old sex asterisk next, <laughs> asterisk next to it as well. This one's really hard to define. So caucus is used in two ways. One, it is used in the American primary system in a couple of states. They don't actually write down their vote and put it into a box and count it. You have to gather mm. together in a town hall or a school or something and say who you're supporting. Okay. So it's like a town hall deliberative democracy style of selecting the candidate. Those are called right. caucuses. They have them uh-huh. in the, they have them in Nevada, they have them in Iowa most famously. But it is also used more generally in parliaments as like informal groups of politicians getting together to talk about things, either because they, they fit into a particular demographic. So I don't know if they necessarily have it anymore, but in the, in the US, they used to have the Afri- the Black Caucus, the African-American Caucus. Yes. Um, the, in, in the Irish Parliament, there is a women's caucus. So they get together, mm. they have informal meetings and it's, it is bipartisan. You, you meet and you generally agree things to like try and make things slightly better for your thing but they tend to be quite soft and they don't normally come out with big voting blocks like it is very hard to get people to vote together on that kind of ground right but it is still worthwhile and it is worth noting that it is something that exists yeah for sure uh number 13 checks and balances this is something as well that extends beyond the realm of politics as well yeah I don't remember putting this one in. (laughs) (laughs) Checks and balances. um, We definitely talked about this last. This is Mm. like, um, we have designed our constitutional democracies with different pillars of power in them to stop one aspect of power from being too powerful. (laughs) Yeah. So you have parliaments stopping the executive, who are the people who run the country, and then you have Mm. the courts keeping an eye on both of them. Yeah. That example. It comes yeah. basically the American, the Americans, when they were designing their constitution, didn't want a repeat of a tyrannical king or parliament bullying everyone else. So they wanted to have different checks and balances to try and hold people to account. Sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's what we have. Yeah. Cool. Uh, coattails. This is where you grab onto someone big <laughs> and as they're running past you and hang on to them and get some of their glam. <laughs> so you're literally grabbing onto them. And this is a literal thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although hopefully not with Joe Biden because he's so old. That'd be, that wouldn't be nice. He, oh he can, man, he you can probably, barely drag himself. Dust. <laughs> you grab yeah. onto the like coattails being the old jackets that used to have the bits hanging off the back of them. It would be that if someone was, was big and popular, you would try and get some of their Shabazz waved off onto you as, as they're walking past. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Got their Shabazz all over me. This, AOC would be a great example in this one. People like standing beside AOC because she gets a lot of attention. So if you're and standing, she's popular, she's, she's popular. She gets the yeah. media. So when you're right, or like, or probably more specifically, it is when a big pilot, well, like in the US, when the president is doing well, his party will probably do well in the next election as well. So, when Obama ran again in, in 2012, he got more Democrats elected on his coattails. Right. Which gives them more political capital. Cool. Uh, pundits, 15. Pundits are the dickheads that talk on television, telling people lies, annoying them. <laughs> a pundit is a spokesperson on television who is not actually like a government or a party spokesperson, but is speaking on their behalf. 
So it's like so would they be like former yes former politicians sometimes former or, politicians and um, former like yeah, former sports sp- pundits like you have like, in the yeah. same way like you know Ryan Giggs will go on and talk about whatever on you know Gary Lineker yeah but like it's di- like it's different with voice. it's different with sports because even though they may have their teams that they prefer it's there's not as much riding on hearing Ryan Giggs actually not Ryan Giggs because he's been done for assault or having Gary yeah Neville. let's mention someone else Gary Lineker he's yeah. mostly crisp based so I don't <laughs> think there's much controversy there yeah. Like if he's talking about whatever team he used to play for, apart from England, he's going to be pretty neutral. But pundits are not neutral. Everything they say is a lie. (laughs) Right. On both sides, keep in mind as well. So when you're watching Mm -hmm. MSNBC and you hear Rachel Maddow talking about whatever, she has basically become a pundit who gets a one hour slot just to bake up her party and not, and like, you know, beat down the other side. The people that pop on Fox are the same. And usually the BBC will have like, one pundit from one side, one pundit from another side, and then one neutral expert who's giving relatively non-partisan advice. I listen to them. I don't listen to the other two. Right. Okay. Let's start blasting through these because we're only on 16. Uh, Rubber chicken circuit, sex asterisk on this one as well. Rubber chicken circuit is when you're running around the country trying to get elected and you have to eat shit chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Okay. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, Muckraker. Muckraker. Another sex asterisk on this one. This one comes from Teddy. He accused uh, journalists of digging up shit to try and smear people, but it has now become a term of endearment when you are a, a, a journalist who jumps into the weeds to try and get good, you know, dirt on someone that's a muckraker. Right. You're like an in-the-trenches journalist. You are a muckraker. Okay, muckraker Muckraker sounds awful, though. (laughs) Muckraker. It's meant to. Uh, Tallyman. That's number number 17 or 18, Tallyman. But in my head, it's like, Tallyman. Tallyman might be a good Irish one, actually. I don't know if they use this outside of Ireland, but in Ireland, Tallyman is the guy who's at a count centre watching the boxes as they're being opened to see where the votes are coming from in different areas. And he's like Ah. taking tallies. And he knows the numbers inside out. Okay, very good. 19, inside the beltway, sex asterisk. (laughs) This one's very easy. This one refers to shit that happens inside Washington, D.C. In D.C., there is a ring road motorway. Uh, I wrote it down, but I lost it. (laughs) The whatever, Interstate 278. And it's not just D.C., it's Virginia and Maryland as well. But when people say inside the beltway, they're being derogatory, saying that's just D.C. business. That doesn't count for us. Right, okay. Yeah. They're, they're ivory towers. They're yes, not, yeah. or like if you're considered to be an, an inside inside the beltway, you're like an insider. Right. Yeah, deep inside the beltway. Uh, 20, Dark Horse. Dark Horse are candidates and politicians who kind of come out of nowhere and win. Cool. Uh, 21, <laughs> Bright Shetland Pony. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what is a Bright Shetland Pony? It's like... Shadow facts from Lord of the Rings, but, but he's small. very small and he's shiny. <laughs> so when I was writing this down uh, earlier, I tried to I googled what is the opposite of a horse because <laughs> I want to put down what is a bright, you know, the opposite of dark horse. And uh, someone in Cora or whatever those answer board websites said, um, "It's hard to define, but I would have to say mushrooms." <laughs> And I was, I started laughing at him and then I went, what? Why do you know he's not wrong? He's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> 22, uh, convention. Conventions are party parties. It's when the party gets together to sort its shit, elect its officers, decide on its policies and that kind of stuff. They happen mm-hmm. every year in the UK. I think they happen every two or three years in Ireland. We actually call them art, art ashes, which is we have it next. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll skip that one after this. And then in America, they happen every four years and they decide who their presidential candidate is going to be. Right. 
Uh, 24, back bench and front bench. Sex asterisks. Also sex asterisks, just because I think they're places you could do it. This doesn't, this only counts in Ireland and the UK and other Westminster style democracies where the government are parliamentarians. So if you are a minister or a spokesperson on the opposition side, you count as a front bench T, uh, politician, TDMP. If you're, right. if you don't have a job and you're just representing your people, which is a pretty good job in itself, but you know, whatever, yeah. you don't have a bigger job, you're backbench, you're up, you're up the back there. You're not always seen on television when they're cutting to, to prime minister's questions. You're not sitting right. beside the prime minister. You're way up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> just drinking beer and eating stale popcorn. That's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big brother, 25. Ah, we know that we did the big, we did the, uh, what, um, 1984 one. This is when the state is watching you do shit and it's scary. Lovely. Okay. Tw- we're halfway through. Let's take a break to check in on my COVID test. Uh, there are two options, C and T, and there is a line, if you can see there, next to C. What does that mean? I wish it just said positive or negative. <laughs> C, hold on, where's my book? You don't seem that worried. No. Okay, C is negative. Okay. C as in, can't touch this. And can T touch for, this, because you're negative. T for totally fucked. <laughs> t- totally fucked. Um, so no COVID, woo, woo. <laughs> okay 26 tribunal uh, this one is a famous one in Ireland this is when the state has to organise a big investigation to find out about wrongdoing and it takes years right. involves loads of lawyers costs sometimes hundreds of millions but at the end you get a whole load of information that can't actually be used in court to prosecute people right okay I get you uh, and then afterwards I've appended on addition to tribunal, bi-bunal and monobunal. When I was scanning through this beforehand, I giggled at that. That was good. <laughs> to me, I think they should just be like different echelons for sorting out smaller and smaller problems. So like a monobunal <laughs> would deal with, Steve, you've got my copy of the, you know, Super Mario 35th anniversary. Richie, you um, still have my Link's Switch. Awakening DS game. Yeah, let's take this up at the monobunal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. He still does, ladies and gentlemen. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> I have your Link's Awakening DS game. Yeah, I gave it to you. Steve, when I haven't played a DS in like 10 years. I whipped mine out because I was I was going to be sad. So I was going to play some Pokemon Heart Gold. And then I remembered. I gave that to you when you were going over to America. And then you didn't, you didn't give it back. I have no idea where that is, my it's friend. Fine. It's fine. I, you, you know, I actually sold my DS when I was in America. So chances are I sold it. <laughs> I could have got it back off you loads of times. It was when you were traveling over and back. It's when you weren't there full time. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I'm have sorry. heard it. It's fine. No, I canceled the podcast. I can't believe I think this, needs to, be escal- this there- needs to be escalated to Bibunal. Bibunal. Okay. Good to know. Uh, 27 canvassing. This is very easy. This is knocking on someone's door, asking them for a vote at election time. Very nice. Uh, just like what Peter Kavanagh did when we chatted to him. Uh, 28 floating voter or swing voter sex asterisks on this one speaks for itself these are the prize jewels of electoral politics these are the people that you think are the ones who are going to decide an election if it's up in the mm. air so usually if you are doing well enough with your base you're confident that everyone that likes you is going to vote for you you will concentrate mm. on trying to get some of them people who are undecided they're like the ones flirting with both mm. they're just yeah. kind of fun and flirty and hey. just like ooh hey they are getting very uh, rare. <laughs> yeah. They are not common. More and more people are being spoken for. Number 29, franchise. 
Oh. Is this like a McDonald's as a franchise or a Burger King or other things that aren't fast food? I forget what I specifically put this down for, but that's like your ability to vote. Okay. Yep. Uh, 30, grassroots. When a politician talks about their grassroots, they're talking about like the biggest nutters back in their constituencies that tell them what's important. <laughs> you know, I just realized that grassroots uh, it could be an anagram of um, Groot's ass. Ew. From Carriers of the Galaxy. Well, that's not a very complicated anagram at all. No, it's not at all. Uh, thir- 31, head of state. The head of state has to be, people get this confused. So in the United States, the head of state is the head of government. But in places like Ireland, the UK, um, Italy, Germany, the head of state is separate. They are like the personification who is the country. <laughs> Mr. Ireland. Mr. Yeah, basically, uh, Michael yeah. D. Higgins is Mr. Ireland. So the queen is yeah. Ms. Miss, well, I suppose she's Mrs. Mrs. Britain, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like a symbolic yes. position, like a symbolic head. Yes. They usually are disassociated with actual practical political power, but in some countries they do have a good bit of power. So right. they, Like in America, the most yes. powerful person is also <laughs> there. Um, 32. Hustings? Hustings. Hustings are local meetings of political groups. So it would be like... Uh, whatever the the you live in Brixton, yeah. Like the Brixton Labour Party hustings would decide who gets to run as their candidate, right? You the, the different candidates. Richie, <laughs> sure. Richie would stand up. He would compete with the other people, and then that group would vote on who gets to be their candidate. And they're called hustings. Very good. I'll go to the next one. Waving around my negative COVID test. <laughs> uh, Thirty-three interest group slash stakeholder. Uh, these are kind of non-affiliated groups and bodies who try and lobby for different power bits. So if a politician is designing a law about roads, he's going to want to talk to the AA. These days, he's also going to want to talk to environmental lobbies, those kind of people. They are people mm-hmm. that have direct interests in whatever policy the government is working on at the time. Right. They have to be taken into consideration just as much as an, as voters would. Yeah. Usually secondary so, though, because a politician won't want to do something that pisses off the voters. But at the same time, they also need to make sure they are hitting the right notes with the very defined stakeholders. Because if, if the stakeholders think that their interest is being ignored, they'll get loud. Right. That's fair. Uh, 34, silly season. I put this one in. I nearly forgot about it. This is my favorite one. This is in yeah. the summertime when politic, the, the parliament is not meeting. The media is like, oh shit, what do we write about? And then they just come up with the most bizarre, silly stuff. <laughs> that could, could like, pot, like uh, just got to do with anything. They're just trying to fill pages. Well, like political, basically. political anything. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's when the new- We should do it. Ep- we should do an episode. Like we should compile some really good silly season stuff. We should. Or like maybe Pot Apollic should have its own silly season. They are getting less common. Well, we've done loads of silly seasons. We've done Game of Thrones twice. <laughs> Oh, that's, we've that's done true. like what do we what a TV shows do we like exactly yeah we're going to do one soon Eurovision yeah although Eurovision yeah, is not silly Richie no not at all it's oh. business serious business <laughs> uh, why is that a 35? sex thing why is silly season a sex thing <laughs> oh baby <laughs> oh I got I got some links to send you Ew. Uh, 35 marginal seat slash battleground this goes back to the floating voter swing voter these are seats in areas that you think you can steal from the other party um, sometimes it's surprising, sometimes it's not. Somewhere will always be kind of a marginal seat. Like, it tends to 
usually it changes over decades. You will start to see different demographics in the area changing. Therefore, the votes will change. Other times it happens really suddenly, like in the last uh, UK general election when the Tories took the entire north, well, not the entire north, but loads of seats in the north of England that that would have normally never been in play. They suddenly were. Or like in Scotland, where all of a sudden Labour lost all of their seats. Now they are battlegrounds. Now they are seats that, that are contested. Cool. Uh, 36 mudslinging yeah okay I can see why this one has a sex asterisk <laughs> because Richie is from Kildare and he is sex in the dirt um, <laughs> wait is that her place <laughs> oh you mean like in the like a like a, if you know there's not any mud but you so you go to like the more grassy areas yeah. or the dusty areas exactly yeah yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mudslinging is when politicians have stopped debating each other on policy and just start saying mean things about each other. Basically, Donald Trump's <laughs> modus operandi. <laughs> yeah, stra- he comes out. He comes out swinging muds yeah, exactly. straight away. He doesn't bother trying to target on policy. He just goes straight to mudslinging. Yeah. Uh, generally, political discourse will descend to this. Yeah, uh, thirty-seven nanny state. Nanny state is. It's it's when. People accuse the government of getting too involved and being too like kind of scoldy and like, no, don't be doing that. Right. So like super nanny coming in and just putting you on the exactly. naughty step, so putting a country on the naughty step. Things like sugar taxes would be, some people would accuse the nanny of the government of being nanny state and that. It's kind of, it's like big brother. regulation. It's like soft you know? big brother. <laughs> right. It's like your soft big brother. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is also gets a big asterisk next to it as well. Uh <laughs> 38 shadow cabinet shadow cabinet only works when you have a two-party system really so you have the minister of foreign affairs and then you'll have the shadow minister of foreign affairs so that's the, the evil version of him <laughs> from an alternative that's what it reality sounds like <laughs> it does sound like of course it sounds like that's ridiculous but it doesn't make sense in an irish system where you have multiple parties so they just call spokesperson for right not nearly as cool no uh, 39, sound bites. Sound bites are the little clips that politicians try to get in their speeches that want to get repeated constantly on the media that evening. So if right. Joe Biden makes a, a 70 minute speech where mostly he's like, <laughs> America will be strong. <laughs> you know that that America will be strong bit is what he was aiming to get in the news that evening. Yeah. Or it's like what Boris Johnson says, vegan sausage rolls. <laughs> Everything Boris Johnson does is an attempt at a soundbite. Vegan sausage rolls. 40, straw poll. Straw poll, I really hate it. It is when someone tries to say something is true because they asked a bunch of people. <laughs> so it's like, right. what do you think of this idea? I just did a straw poll and I asked my mates and they said it's great. And I was like, well, fuck you. Go out and do a real poll, you dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 41, ticket. Ticket is... That is what the hosting does. The hosting decides who is running for a party, so therefore they're on that ticket. Oh, uh, so we talk about like the presidential ticket yes. as being, you know, to Biden Harris. Biden and Harris yeah, exactly. is the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's cool. Uh, 42 whip. If I could make the asterisks bigger on this, I would. <laughs> <laughs> it just says whip. Whip is the job in parliamentary democracies to get people to vote in line. So they actually have, there are people who are the whips. Their job is to go around and make sure that everyone is going to vote for the, for their party, either for or against the government, depending on what their bosses say. Right. Oh, like uh, Frank Underwood at the start of House Cards. Right. Uh, 44, green paper slash white paper. Uh, Green paper, 
I can't remember which one is which. Shit. Um, these are policies that are in the works that the government releases. So it's like if they're getting ready to do something with X or Y, they will have release a white paper. Then people comment on it, give, give feedback, and then the government will adjust it and then release it as a green paper. I, got, I might have these mixed up. And then that is like mm. the last chance to do it. And then after that, it's going to become a piece of legislation. Right. Cool. Uh, sometimes in my life when you really bother me, Steve, I call you a filthy carpetbagger. Oh. But I don't know what that means. So could you enlighten me? That's number 45. Carpetbagger is, it, it comes from the, uh, the post-American Civil War when the, the the Republicans sent loads of politicians into the South to just run. They weren't from there. So someone is a right. carpetbagger when they, sorry, Hercules is making loads of noise. <laughs> One second. <laughs> Herc, fuck off. Fucking Hercules, a little carpetbagger. <laughs> carpetbagger is when you run in, a, in an area that you're not from. Right. Basically. It still gets used. Uh, 46. Character. (laughs) What happened there? (laughs) A small bird just flew out of Richie's mouth. I think, oh no, the COVID test is having a side effect. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, 46. Character assassination. Character assassination is like like a specific scientific version of mudslinging. This is when you try to leak stuff or say things about someone to make them look bad. Like a smear campaign? Yes, exactly. Right. So very targeted. Very targeted. Um, Steve likes to bag carpets in his spare time. <gasps> My secret chain. Um, carpet bag also had an asterisk, by the way. Uh, as did at 47, third rail. Third rail is the thing in a political system or a political discourse that politicians are terrified to touch or talk about. So this would Ooh, be... Give me an example. So in America, the social um, social security system is usually talked about as a third rail. Anyone that tries right. to touch it, they're going to grab it, they're going to get electrified, they're going to die. So they don't want to touch it. Right. Um, okay. It has kind of gone by the wayside because politics is pretty crazy and radical these days. I don't know if you guys noticed. So it's all fair game. It's all fair. Well, there are still some things. That, touch all the rails you want. Let's say an American politician wanted to say that he was agnostic. <laughs> Right. You can't. But we will get to a point. Probably. Where, where, like, when do you think we'll have our first agnostic or atheists? Open, openly. Openly, not closeted atheists. I have no idea. Like, that's probably not for a hundred (laughs) years. Right. Um, Until God finds out and gets mad (laughs) and sends Jesus back down again to run for president. Uh, 48, Into the Weeds. This is... Around 50 minutes into the episode, when we've gotten so deep into all the complicated policy things, we're starting to get a bit confused. This is this is when you're in a political discussion, you stop talking about the stuff at the top and you're starting to get really into the details of something. Right. You're going into Fair the enough. weeds. Into the weeds. 49 optics. This is a little bit tricky to define. This is... Let's just, ah, I don't even get this. This is like, remember when Gordon Brown was running in the election and then he said, oh, what a bigoted woman on the microphone afterwards. And then he got caught. Yeah. Those are bad optics. (laughs) Right. Okay. So it's like how something could be perceived. Yes. Yeah. Look, how something, yeah. How something looks or plays out. Exactly. So you may not have intended it to be like that or like, or when, uh, when a politician is eating a pizza with a knife and fork. Like they might be like, what's wrong with (laughs) that? That's how I eat my pizza. And then everyone's like, oh, the optics of this, this is so bad. Ah, okay. And finally, Steve, we did it. Uh, number 50. Again, big old sex asterisks on this one. 
The filibuster. What is a sex? What is a filibuster in the context of sex? It's got fill in there. <laughs> it's got bust in there. <laughs> Tur. It's got tur in there. A filibuster is in parliamentary systems when the rules allow for a politician to stand up and speak to the point that they waste time and a piece of law can't get passed. It exists most famously in the American system, where in the Senate, someone can stand up and speak for hours and hours on end and the time runs out and you don't actually get to pass a law. And the only Mm -hmm. way to stop that is to get two thirds of the Senate to vote against it, which is nearly impossible because of the lack of bipartisanship that it just Mm -hmm. won't happen. There's a pretty great um, Bernie Sanders filibuster that got, the, you know, there's like the trend of um, lo-fi music to study too, which is just eight hours of lo-fi hip hop loops. <laughs> Someone took Bernie Sanders filibuster and turned into like a lo-fi um, musical <laughs> concept album that you could just like study to and listen to Bernie Sanders rant. It's great. That doesn't sound that great. <laughs> it is, it's genuinely great. Also, speaking of concept albums, have you heard of Slamilton? Yes, you sent it to me. It's oh, that's right. It's so good. I disagree, everyone. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're sh- enthusiastic. Oh my god, the finale on it, who uh, who slams, who jams, who tells your story, is just poetry. Okay, <laughs> I'm just. I bet you, if Lin Manuel had thought to make it about basketball, he would have made um, Slamilton a basketball Hamilton biopic. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Everyone should listen to it. Please don't. Uh, that's it. We got there. We did it. We did it. Well done, Steve. Is there any of these that you would like to do a full episode on? Is there stuff that you're like, shit, we could talk about this forever? Um, Not really. They're all kind of like that's... I think the, I'd, the filibuster, I think, would be a good one. I don't know if you could get a full episode. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we could definitely you get about half an hour talking about that. Well, is it a good uh, thing? Could, is it a bad thing? We we could pad that out. Oh, absolutely. The, I could do the lack like of padding in three this episode. COVID tests in, the, in, the, in that time. Maybe Radical Duck. I guess Nanny State. That would be one. Like, is that a good yeah, thing? Is that a bad good thing? Dear listener, if there's any of these that you would like to hear more on, maybe drop us a note and we can add that to our list of episodes. Or is the there future. a political piece of jargon you've heard thrown around that you're not sure about? Ping that to us and we'll answer it next time. Or a sex move that could sound like it's political jargon. Also send that that over to us. Send that to Richie. <laughs> I've got a separate bookmark folder for all those. Uh, thank you so much for listening. At What on Politics on Instagram, What on Politics at gmail.com, at What on Politics on Twitter, What on Politics.com for our website. What else is there, Steve? There's the old bonus head stuff plus yep. the bonus stuff. We're going to go record another one now, right after this. And maybe leave us a review. Like We keep forgetting to ask for that, but just leave us a nice five star review. That goes a long way. Especially if you're in Ireland. Especially if you're in Ireland, please, we need it so bad. <laughs> Tell a friend, maybe. Yeah. Steal their phone, get a five-star review when <laughs> they're not looking. Like, what's your granny doing with her iPhone? She doesn't know. that It comes, you know, iTunes is on that that phone. She could, you know, she's not using it. Is that it? That's it. Steal your granny's phone. Steal your granny's phone, don't give it back to her, sell it for drug money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to record our bonus episode. Uh, I'm going to go pee out some of this vodka soda and uh, just double check that C does indeed mean negative on my COVID test. Chat to you later, C. See you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 
a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. This is how it's always been. Double Love is a podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. Join me, Anna Carey. And me, Karen Moynihan. As we revisit one of the maddest series of books ever written or ghostwritten. If you ever read about the perfect blonde Wakefield twins, Elizabeth and Jessica, with their eyes the colour of the Pacific Ocean, then you might enjoy listening to us absolutely tearing them to shreds. Affectionately, of course. But of course. And even if you didn't, there's still plenty of drama, kidnappings, stolen boyfriends and seemingly mandatory school dances to entertain you. Find us on the Headstuff Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.